everybody. This is Ellen Weatherford. And Christian Weatherford. And we're here with Just the Zoo of Us, your favorite animal review podcast, where each week Christian and I give our, not expert, but well-informed reviews of your favorite species of animals. I would say they're also enthusiastic. Yeah, definitely. We love our (laughs) friends that we talk about on this show. We are not zoological experts, rather simply enthusiasts with microphones, but we do a lot of research to make sure that the stuff we are telling you is true. Also, (laughs) bi-weekly polls go up at some point during the week. When I feel like (laughs) doing them, yeah. And that helps decide one of the animals we'll talk about, and we try to trade off from bi-week to bi-week. If this is your first time listening, we go back and forth between doing me and Christian and an episode where I speak with a guest expert. So on weeks when guest expert episodes go up, that's when we do the polls. So this week, actually, Christian had the poll creature. Yes, it was the American bison and... The saiga. The saiga. Antelope. <laughs> yes, an antelope. Which I think would have been really fun to talk about, which we will come back to it. Don't yep. worry. Yep. Just just because it lost the poll this time doesn't <laughs> mean we're never going to talk about it. I really want to, but... Yeah, y'all be ready for uh, Dunkfest. Yeah, that one's going to be <laughs> probably, a bumpy ride, I think. Probably Dunkfest 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're up first this week. All right. So like we just mentioned, the animal I'm doing is the winner of the poll, which is the American bison. Scientific name. Wait for it. Oh, boy. Bison bison. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Another one of these. Oh, I, now this, we've done these sort of like repetitive scientific names before, but this is the laziest one we've come across yet, right? <laughs> yeah. They well, really didn't bother. Well, I'll give them this though. It's not the only species in the genus this time. <laughs> okay. But that tells me that they were like, okay, what's the genus bison? All right. What's the species? Uh, bison. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So this is sometimes called the American buffalo, which is a misnomer. But I'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. My sources come from the Smithsonian's National Zoo and Conservation Biology Institute found at nationalzoo.si.edu, as well as the U.S. Department of the Interior found at doi.gov. This is very official business. Yeah. And lastly, National Geographic found at nationalgeographic.com. This has been a heavily covered animal. (laughs) (laughs) A big icon animal, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Especially of uh, the the western part of our country. Mm -hmm. So there's actually two subspecies of the American bison. Want to guess what one of them is? (laughs) Is it bison, bison, bison? It sure is. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And that is the plains bison. Some taxonomist was phoning it in that day. The other subspecies is uh, bison bison athabasque, which is the wood slash mountain bison. Okay. Let's talk about how big these things are. Bigger than you think, if you haven't seen one. They're actually the largest terrestrial animals in North America. Sorry, moose. Yep. Get dunked (laughs) The moose is taller, but the bison is heavier. Okay. So there's more of it. Yes. (laughs) By mass. (laughs) It's bigger. Yep. There's a size difference between males and females. So males... Range from five and a half to six and a half feet tall at the hump. Okay. Which in metric is 1.7 to two meters. And the hump I'm talking about is centered on their shoulders. So behind their neck, over their shoulders. 
the highest point of the bison. Yes, when they're on all fours, at least. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was going to come into play. <laughs> oh, you don't know? They, they walk around on two feet when they... No, no. Oh, really. We um, would be at their mercy completely. <laughs> and so that is their height, and at a length of nine to 12 and a half feet or 2.7 to 3.8 meters long that's huge they're big and females are slightly smaller at five feet tall or one and a half meters and seven to ten feet long or 2.1 to three meters weight wise they range from 1800 pounds to 2400 pounds goodness or 816 to 1088 kilograms absolute units we're dealing with they're here so big chunky boys and <laughs> dense where they can be found today, parts of Alberta, British Columbia, Manitoba, Northwest Territories, Ontario, and Saskatchewan, and Canada. Basically all the provinces that share a border with the northern contiguous USA minus Quebec on the far east. Plus the Northwestern Territories, like I mentioned. In the U.S., they can be found in Arizona, California, Idaho, Montana, South Dakota, Utah, Alaska, and possibly Texas. Just straight down the middle, right? <laughs> it's out there, yeah, out to the west. Um, west of us. Yes, west of us, for sure, because we are in the southeast of the United States. Yeah, when I think buffalo, buffalo, <laughs> when I think about bison, I think mm. Great Plains. Yes, yes, that is their stomping grounds. <laughs> <laughs> Or historically, at least. So that's where they're found today. Um, in the past, their original range was from Alaska all the way to northern Mexico. Wow. Yes. Huh. So diving right in, their taxonomic family is Bovidae, which are the cloven-hoofed ruminant vertebrates. Like cows. Yes. So cloven-hoofed meaning their hoof is divided into toes, split, right? Two toes? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> And ruminant means they eat plant matter which ferments in a special part of the digestive system, commonly regurgitated to chew further, also called chewing the cud. Okay. <laughs> There's something really funny about that word to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. Doesn't it just sound nasty? Yeah. I mean, it's a good descriptor, though, for what it is. It's onomatopoetic, I think. Because <laughs> <laughs> what it is, basically, is they, uh, they'll eat plant matter... It ferments and digests in, their, in one part of their digestive system. Then they'll basically regurgitate it to chew on it some more. Yeah, they're not fully vomiting it out. Right. They just, like, unswallow it. Yeah. And then chew it some more. Which I feel like I experience from time to time. <laughs> where Gross. I just have a burp and I was like, oh, I guess I wasn't done with this yet. They, okay. don't, they don't need to know about that. <laughs> Nobody needs to know about Just me. That. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is me being real. That's true. You're you're so relatable. So other things that that are in that family are like you mentioned, cattle, buffalo, like actual buffalo, antelopes, and sheep and goats. Let's get back to that whole idea around bison versus buffalo. So old world true buffalo are native to Africa and Asia, mm. like water buffalo. Bison are found in North America and Europe, and their physical differences, you can kind of tell their horns and their overall build are pretty different. Uh, if you saw two pictures side by side, it would be pretty obvious. I'm imagining a water buffalo, and it's yeah. a very different idea. Yep. Uh, of the same family, but not very closely related. However, I will say both terms, bison and buffalo, at least in the United States, are acceptable even though buffalo is technically a misnomer. It's like a colloquial... Yes, 
Yes. Casual terminology. Don't worry too much about uh, it. Especially in um, uh, Native American articles I found when I was looking around. Most commonly referred to as buffalo. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, the name of which buffalo is thought to come from the French word for beef. Buff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, I'm not the vocabulary police. I'm not your mom. I'm not going to tell you not to say buffalo. Yeah, say me buffalo. Neither. I don't care. And who's going to break it to buffalo wild wings? Oh, no. <laughs> now that, okay, well, that's, we're talking about buffalo sauce. I don't even have wings. <laughs> so I th- I'm pretty sure that that is a reference to the sauce that was, that originated in the city of Buffalo, New York. I got something to show you, though. What kind of surprises have you packed away for me? The symbol of Buffalo Wild Wings. Right yes, there. I know it has a buffalo on it. <laughs> a winged a buffalo. But that is a pun. That is a pun based on the reference to the buffalo I know. sauce. I know. I know. Which I'm sure Buffalo, New York was named after Buffalo, the animal. I don't know. That's too much history for me yeah we're going into a weird i've got a lot of history coming up later on (laughs) we're going into a weird etymological spiral yes anyway our first category effectiveness these are physical attributes uh how good they are at doing things i'm gonna give a full 10 out of 10 i mean it doesn't get better than this Mm, right who is trying to step to this bison (laughs) so first they have a great sense of hearing and smell really yes interesting however they have poor eyesight. Oh, oh. Yeah, they're nearsighted, which is what something I can relate to. Yeah, me too. I'm drawing a lot of parallels to Buffalo <laughs> all of a sudden. And Bison. Dang it, now I'm switching to Buffalo. It's okay. I'm not. <laughs> um, it's thought that this contributes to the likelihood of a stampede if they're startled. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, don't know that thing. Uh, I, can't, I can hear it and smell it. <laughs> can't see it. I'm out of here. No, goodbye. So moving on, they're big and strong, as we've talked about already with, you know, they're just absolute units. So big and so strong. The adults are relatively safe from predators. However, weak, old, or young bison may become prey for mountain lions, bears, or wolves. I have seen a video of a full-grown adult, I'm assuming male buffalo, taking out a car, like pushing a car right off the road. Oh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. There's like a car like parked on the side of the road and a, <laughs> and a bison uh, decided to step to it. Yeah. Maybe because of that poor eyesight. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, ran up on this car and pushed it right off the road. Yeah, maybe it was competing for females. <laughs> don't like that thing. Uh, my next point, they can run fast. Mm-hmm. Around 30 miles per hour or... 48 kilometers an hour. That's pretty good. It's pretty fast. And they're so big, you would think, oh, they're probably not too agile. But no, they can get up there pretty quick. It does take them a second. Like, to it, they got to, like, kind of rev it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, and it's not so much the speed that would I would be afraid of. It's more the momentum. <laughs> that much mass moving at that speed. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and they don't look like they would be able to move that fast because they got those little legs, right? They look little, I think, because of the fur and such, mm. but they're really stocky. Sure. You know? So, like we mentioned, their digestive system is designed to consume grass and other plants like that. In winter, they actually use their massive heads to sweep snow to the side to find grass to eat. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So they use their face as a shovel. 
basically. <laughs> if you've got it, yeah. Use the tools that are available to you. <laughs> and my final thing for effectiveness is their winter coat. So they grow in this big, hairy coat during when it gets into the colder months. Because keep in mind the areas that these things are found in. Um, and then in the spring, they shed this coat by rolling on the ground to loosen the hair. I bet that's really cute. Yes. Did you see any videos of it? Yep. Yep. Is it really adorable? They just look like they're they're what puppy does in the backyard. Like <laughs> she's scratching her back in the in the grass. Except this is you know uh, massive <laughs> bison on its back in a dirt. Oh, that is really endearing, though. Yeah, yeah. But it does it. It makes them look even bigger when they have that big fluffy <laughs> coat, right? Like when they're all sure. buffed out, they <laughs> they they look bigger because of all their fur. <laughs> uh, oh, I lied. Last point. They're good swimmers also. Why? <laughs> they just are. Why would they be? Well, it helps because, you know, in that part of the country, they, they would have to ford rivers and such sure. pretty often. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just, I'm imagining like a, a creature that thick surely is not that buoyant. <laughs> I, I would just imagine they would just sink like a rock. I guess not. Nope. Which I guess, you know, I, I failed to give even the most basic of descriptions of what these things look like. So, <laughs> so uh, imagine a cow, but a hump on their shoulders and also brown, dark brown fur. Some of them even grow forehead fur that looks like hair, and mm-hmm. they have beards. The males have more distinct beards, and they have horns that curve upward. It's like a very top-heavy cow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Stocky legs. They have a small tail. They're, they're stacked up top, but then <laughs> it looks kind of like they may have skipped leg day a little bit. <laughs> I still wouldn't walk up behind one. I wouldn't be anywhere close to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a good disclaimer. Stay away. <laughs> There's a really funny video of a reporter, uh, like a news anchor, that is reporting from like a road. Mm-hmm. And he's he's standing there giving his report. And then at one point he stops and he looks off in the like in the distance behind the camera. He goes oh no and he just stops and packs up his camera puts it in his trunk and drives away and he posted it on twitter and was like oh yeah there was a herd of bison walking towards me yeah smart move like a herd of bison was walking towards him and he was just like nope this this report ain't getting done (laughs) and i was like that's probably a good idea yeah for sure so on to our second category of ingenuity these are Intelligent things that they do could be methods, uh, hunting tactics, tool use, that sort of thing. I've given them a 7 out of 10. I mentioned the rolling in the dirt thing, but they also do that to deter biting flies. And males will do this to leave their scent behind. Interesting. Yeah. And my next point for ingenuity is their herd dynamics. So outside of breeding season, they're usually in groups based on sex and age. So usually you'll find a bunch, like a herd of females, a herd of you know bachelor males, uh, older males will kind of roam on their own. Squad. Yeah. But then, of course, in the mating season, they'll come together, and that's when they form the really big groups of bison. And that's especially when you don't want to be near them. (laughs) Yes, because the males are competing by headbutting and such. When they're doing this, when they're like running at each other, they do not care what is going on around them. They will do this like on the highway. (laughs) They also can't see, so. (laughs) (laughs) 
like they have very little situational awareness. <laughs> so they will just be like carrying on and uh, trying to uh, run up at each other. Yes. Just in the middle of like rush hour traffic. Yep. So my advice is avoid the bison. And if you can't avoid looking like a male bison that's on the prowl. <laughs> Don't be in a car. <laughs> Don't look large. Do they still put like cow horns on trucks? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some. Yeah. Um, another thing they do in herds is they travel in straight lines, which if Obi-Wan Kenobi has taught me anything, this helps them disguise their numbers. Great. <laughs> I'm happy we could tie that in for you. <laughs> Thank you. I had it right here in my notes. Make Star Wars joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you had that written down, lest you forget. <laughs> yes. Next is communication. They communicate with each other using grunts and bellows. They do not moo. That's a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a buffed up moo, though. Yeah, I mean, it's like moo, but tough and cool. Angry. <laughs> Grumpy. <laughs> so that's ingenuity. And finally, aesthetics. I will give a 9 out of 10 for aesthetics. Really? I think they're cute. They are cute, yeah. They're very big. They got the shoulder hump. They're furry. Do you just resonate with the beard? <laughs> it's like, very good. Does that just like really tug at your heartstrings? They have, I don't know. I find this also endearing about just regular cows. It's just they have a, a face that just looks pleasant. Yeah. Right? But so like, yes, cows definitely do with bison. I feel like the hair obscures so much of the face that you're really just looking at like a mop with like a cow face hidden under it. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess the close up pictures, you can really see it. You're right. They are really, they are cute though. They have like a big, like broad, wet nose. Yeah. That's yep. really cute to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, however, I have noticed pictures of them taken head on. You will notice the, what I call puppy eyes. And oh, that's in reference to our dog, to puppy? our specific dog, <laughs> whose name is Puppy. Yes. And she has bug eyes. Yes. <laughs> they <laughs> point out in opposite directions. An arrangement of eyes you'll often see in prey animals. <laughs> like, like a goat. <laughs> Don't know why our dog displays this, but <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. So on to some little fun facts. The life expectancy for American bison ranges from 15 to 20 years, and their calves are born orange-red in color, which earns them the nickname Red Dogs. Red Dogs? Yes. They do kind of look kind of puppy-ish. A little bit, but not dogs. Yeah, those are different <laughs> things. And speaking of, we were talking about cattle a moment ago, they actually use the same terms to refer to them like bulls and cows. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right. And then finally, I want to talk about conservation status. And yes. This turned out to be a surprisingly difficult subject. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. So currently on the IUCN, they're listed as near threatened. And the IUCN doesn't count commercial herds towards population status, which is important because right now the majority of the American bison that do that are still around are just part of like ranches and stuff for meat and such mm -hmm. now well it hasn't always been this way um there used to be millions of bison in uh, north america so kind of digging in <laughs> you'll see lots of places talk about how they were over hunted but 
places like, for example, the Department of the Interior don't really go into more detail than that. That's pretty vague. <laughs> and there's a vague. reason. There's a reason, it turns out. Oh. So in the 19th century, settlers and the U.S. government killed around 50 million bison for food, sport, and to deprive Native Americans of a very important natural asset. So this strategy was inspired by the scorched earth method used in the U.S. Civil War. That I see previously wrapped up not long before this right where you where you come into an area and then you just completely like obliterate it so that it can't be used later so more so um disabling their food infrastructure sure and trade so the u.s government and this is an awful awful history and story of uh war between the u.s government and the native americans particularly in this case the plains native americans so the the concept was kill the bison, Native Americans starve, don't have a choice, have to surrender, and have to agree to be put in reservations. And this was ultimately successful, unfortunately. So by the 1890s, there were fewer than 1,000 individuals left on the continent. It's a huge culling, going from tens of millions to less than 1,000. Yeah, that's like a fraction of a percent left. It's, It's crazy. And there's a lot of history behind that and some gory details. It's fairly upsetting it's wild to me that they were even able to pull that off because of how like formidable these animals are right like these are like dinosaur scale well keep in mind this was at a time in in the industrial history where you know now we have rifles and cannons and stuff Mm -hmm. so this was when you know they were trying to get railroads to the west so one thing they would do is they would just have a whole train full of people with guns and just trying to match the speed of herds Mm -hmm. and just gunning them down from the train. That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah. Sucks all around. Yeah. That's all bad. So since then, conservation efforts have helped them make a comeback in the 100 plus years that have passed. There are now around 500,000 bison kept as livestock and 30,000 in conservation herds. So a good bump like a good comeback, but, you know, they're still a couple magnitudes off of where they used to be. Their current threats include habitat loss, hybridization and managed populations, and low genetic diversity among individual herds. I mean, they came back from only a thousand left. Yep. Like, yeah, you're going to have low genetic, but that's a huge bottleneck. Yeah. And apparently at one point in time, not all herds have this problem, but a lot of them have this problem where at one point... Uh, ranchers and settlers were trying to crossbreed them with cattle to either make a beefier cow or a more manageable bison. It didn't really work, though. I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> and that they were successfully able to crossbreed them, but they weren't able to get the traits they were looking for. Sure. Yeah. You just get a very angry Yeah. Cow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of the problem there. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. They're doing better, at least. They are. That's one positive note we can end on. Yeah. For sure. We we did bad. We did a bad job yep. with the bison. Yep. In every quantifiable way. Have you ever seen one in person? Yes. Where? Probably a place that in hindsight might not have been... Maybe a sketchy kind of... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was, one, it was one of those places that, you know, you drive your car through. Mm, like okay. One of those drive-through safari things. Sure. Yeah. I don't know enough about them to 
have a strong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little kid. I enjoyed it. But in hindsight, yeah. I don't know if that was great for the animals. Because like, they're not talking about like animals coming up to the car and putting their heads through the window. Now, when we're talking about bison, yes. that's not a setting you want bison to be in. <laughs> well, it was also the case where you had a choice of either renting one of their vehicles to do this or using your own vehicle. Doesn't matter. Do they have army tanks <laughs> like on the ready? Because otherwise, what are you going <laughs> to... What kind of car could they possibly yeah. have? <laughs> I, I, I think a bison was part of it, I think. Sure. But this was a long time ago. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. But it's one of those things, like we talked about the moose before, how it's like you kind of think you know how big they are. Sure. And then you see like footage or something <laughs> of them that puts them in context, like in relation to something else like yeah. you see them next to a car or something mm-hmm. and you're like oh no i was wrong <laughs> they're much bigger yeah. actually yeah they're big <laughs> well thank you yeah thank you before we move on to our next animal this week i would like to say a thank you to our patrons on patreon y'all keep us going and help us continue making this show so that we can donate our ad revenue to conservation efforts all over the world. This week, I want to thank our patrons, Jacob Jones, April Kamick, Brianna Feinberg, Jacob Schick, Vikram Baliga, Brandon Everfolly, Britt Vickstrom, Dalton Weeks, Julie Gilson, Christina Sanders, Patricia Morgan, Paul Chomo, Randall Beeman, Sarah Peterson, and the Jungle Gym Queen. Thank you so much, y'all. So, hon, what animal do you bring to us this week? I've got kind of a weird one this week. All right. This is the giraffe-necked weevil. Is that a bug? It is a bug. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, right off the bat, when I say bug, I'm using a very <laughs> casual <laughs> definition of the word bug. I know that there is this definition of a true bug that is very specific, but entomologists have approved the use of bug to refer to a wide variety of things outside of the true bug definition. All right. See, we're talking all sorts of misnomers today. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, the scientific name for this bug is Trachylophorus giraffa. This was requested a really, really, really long time ago <laughs> by our friend over at the Nagging Naturalist podcast. I have no idea if we've plugged them yet. I'm so sorry. If we haven't, then I've been very lazy and a bad friend. But um, <laughs> but over at the, the Nagging Naturalist is our buddy who makes a very nice podcast. My favorite episodes so far have been episodes where she does uh, the TTRPG Naturalist mm. and one... Uh, <laughs> One episode she did was on breaking down the D&D 5e stat block of different types of sharks and like comparing basically like how they would work in real life, like how like the stat blocks would reflect a real life shark better i like that it was really cool really cool but so she has a great podcast so go go check that out um but so forever ago she requested this weevil (laughs) it's been so i'm getting my information from the san francisco zoo and also a bbc series called madagascar their first episode is called island of marvels Hmm. and there is a scene specifically about this weevil okay um it's it's a pretty short video it's only a few minutes long and you can find it like on youtube or whatever definitely go look because it's really cool but Hmm. so if you've never seen this weevil which honestly is 
likely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're not very big, actually. The males go up to an inch long, Mm -hmm. which is about two to three times the length of the females. So the males are much, much, much bigger. But this is specifically because of their necks. Okay. So the males have these really exaggeratedly long necks. Okay. The females have long necks too, but not nearly as long as the males. But still, they're only like an inch long max. They're not that big. Sure. They're endemic to Madagascar. So endemic is a word that means not only are they native to this island, but they're only found there you will not find them in the wild anywhere else in the world and there's a very specific reason for that they have a really close relationship with these two particular species of trees i'm not gonna try to pronounce this (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna try to pronounce the name of the species of the tree but it is only found in madagascar and these weevils are only found in this tree are these the big thick trees or something else? no 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 that's not it Okay. I think you're thinking of baobabs? Yeah. No, not them. It's actually kind of a little tree. It's not very big, um, but that's the only kind of tree you can find this weevil on. Okay. Usually we talk about taxonomic families, but the taxonomic super family of this weevil is, I'm just going to go for it, Circulionoidea. Okay. This is the weevils in general. Oh. So weevils are types of beetles, which are types of insects. So other beetles being like, ladybugs. Um, We've talked about the bombardier beetle. We talked about that. Uh, So weevils are a subset of beetles. Mm -hmm. And weevils are known for having an elongated snout. (laughs) Well, it's what we call a snout, but um, on a weevil, you call it a rostrum. Yeah. It's the, the bit at the front of their head. The rostrum is what contains their like chewing bits, their mandibles and the parts that helps them chew things up, um, chew plant matter or their herbivores. There are so many, so many, so many weevils. I couldn't find an exact number, but I saw estimates ranging anywhere from 40,000 to 60,000 identified species of weevils. Wikipedia said 97,000, but didn't say where they got that number from. So I don't think that's very... Oh, typical Wikipedia. I know. Well, usually they're pretty good about (laughs) including a little link to their sources, but nothing on that. They just said 97,000 had nothing to back it up. (laughs) (laughs) But it's thought that there are at least 100,000 species yet to be described. There's so many weevils, and this is only one of them. Mm -hmm. There's actually another type of giraffe weevil. Oh, uh, and it is so called for similar reasons. It has a very similar like neck structure. Sure. But that type of giraffe weasel, weasel. <laughs> oh. That type of giraffe weevil is endemic to New Zealand. Whoa. Yeah, and they're not closely related at all to this giraffe weevil. Oh. Yeah. So like they have very similar structures, but are not really closely related. Hmm. And that weevil is really cool, and I would love to come back and talk about it later, but today we're talking about the Madagascar one. (laughs) Did you find this weevil halfway through this one? Like, oh, I should talk about this one. I really did for like (laughs) a minute. I I thought about it. I was like, "Mm, am I in too deep already? Is there time for me to switch? But I thought about it, but we'll come back to it later. Don't worry. It's on my radar. So for my ratings for the gir- this particular giraffe-necked weevil, for effectiveness, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. Okay. So the first thing you notice about this little critter is its neck. 
So the neck rises upward from the body mm-hmm. and then it hinges. So there's like a there's like a joint. Oh, okay. And then it continues for like a long time. <laughs> it's like the it's like the the part before the hinge is the shorter end. Okay. And then after the hinge there's like a long bit of neck and then that gets to the head part. So you and I sitting in this room right now, I would compare their neck to the arms of that are holding our microphones. Okay. The like scissor uh boom arms that are holding up our microphones. Mhm. But for somebody who doesn't know what those look like, I would compare it to an excavator. Ah. Like the construction machinery. Okay. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Not the head part. The head, it doesn't have a big toothy, scoopy thing at the end. That would be funny, though. That would be really funny. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the neck part looks like that of an excavator. And then the head also has, like, the rest of the weevils. It has that long rostrum at the end. So it's got a long snout. And then at the end, they have these long antenna, yeah. like, and they're like spiny looking, very, very spooky, edgy looking antenna. So overall, it has some serious length. <laughs> like it is, it's just neck and then nose and then antenna. Like this thing just doesn't stop. This is spore. <laughs> It it really does look to me like someone, like when you're just up late at night, like goofing around with your friends on the spore creature creator, and you're just trying to see like how badly you can mess up an animal. (laughs) That is what it looks like because of how funky the neck is. It doesn't make any sense. It needs long neck to eat delicious apples in the tree. So what's really funny is that the rest of the weevil, like the body part, yeah. is actually really short and like kind of stubby. <laughs> Do they have balance issues? Um, no, because it's hefty. Like okay. it's short, but it's it's like thick and like built. Um, so I think that they're just heavy enough that they don't they're not too top heavy. Okay. So of course you see something this just absolutely bizarre looking and you think why is it like that? Yes. So for the males, it's pretty straightforward. Um, they're for fighting each other. Of course. Yes. <laughs> so they swing their heads at each other. And by the way, I should mention that. So the bit that's attached to the body is not the part that moves. Like oh. the part after the joint oh. with the head on it is the part that swivels almost. Oh. Not swivel. Like um, it bends. Yeah, it bends. Yeah. So they they swing that at each other, trying to bash one another off of the leaf that their battle is taking <laughs> place on, because they're on a leaf. Yeah. Um, and they're just trying to knock each other off. So it makes sense that they would have developed these longer and longer necks over time, because clearly the one that has the longer swing range is going to have the advantage there, because it can reach the other male when the other male can't reach it. Yeah. So... That makes sense. It's but, giving it a combat advantage. But it's not as interesting as, say, the rhinoceros beetle. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- they just took a similar approach, but with a different part of their body. <laughs> yeet. <laughs> <laughs> this is less of a yeet, and I don't really know what this is, because they're not really like grabbing on to their opponent. Yeah. They're just like swinging at each other like using their head kind of like a mace of some sort 
it's like that game at festivals and stuff where you're like on an inflatable stump and you have like a giant q-tip weapon and you can <laughs> knock the other person off yeah. I, don't, I don't know if i'm describing this properly <laughs> it's exactly like that <laughs> So they they try to knock each other off. These fights are almost never fatal. They're just trying to knock each other off the leaf. That's all. I, I imagine maybe the length of the neck is a blessing there because then they're not like doing any damage to their bodies during these fights. Yeah, they're just, you know, bashing each other with their faces. <laughs> just the head. That's all. <laughs> that's what the fight is. So... That's very similar to the way the giraffes fight, by the way. Yes. <laughs> giraffes do this. But the with the giraffe fighting motion is very different. The giraffes have a bendy neck, right? Yeah. They got seven vertebrae in there, so they're just like the motion of their head is more like a wrecking ball, sort of. But yeah. these weevils, they're not doing that. They're just like bashing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, remind me, for giraffes, was it the common name or the scientific name that basically translates to leopard horse? Camel leopard. Camel leopard. Yeah, it was the scientific name. Oh, okay. I was thinking if it was the common name, this thing isn't going to make any sense. (laughs) Camel leopard beetle. (laughs) No. So, yeah, the the fights are not fatal. I'd imagine they're probably pretty embarrassing because when they're doing this, there's a female right there. So, like... I don't know, maybe just a bruised ego. That's about it. That's all you're going to walk away with. (laughs) Before I move on from effectiveness, I wanted to zoom out a little bit and talk about this defining characteristic of beetles in general. Mm -hmm. And this is that their wings are surrounded by this hard shell casing that they have around their bodies. And this is called the elytra. Oh, which is actually the plural form of the word elytron. So one of them is the elytron, huh. and the set of both of them is called their elytra. So these are actually the beetle's four wings. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at like maybe a butterfly or a dragonfly, you see how it has one pair of wings in the front, one pair of wings in the back. Um, for beetles, that pair of wings in the front has hardened and turned into this shell. Mm-hmm. And the wings in the back stayed that sort of flimsy membrane sort of material. So the hind wings are what they're flapping to fly. And the forewings are this hard shell that in order to flap their hind wings, they have to raise the elytra in order to flap their wings. Yeah. These weevils do have those like elytra. Theirs are this really beautiful deep red color. Mm. It's really cool because the rest of their bodies are just pure black, sleek black. So they're, they're totally black and then this just beautiful red shell. When a beetle needs to fly, they have to raise their elytra like a hatch. Uh, But what's really, really funny about weevil flight is that not only are they lifting up their elytra so that their hind wings can flap and they can fly, they like splay their legs out. (laughs) (laughs) They like, they like hold all of their legs up in the air. Like they're like skydiving (laughs) or parachuting or something. Uh And they just fly around like that with all of their legs held high up in the air. It is the funniest thing. What a mess. <laughs> it is a total mess. 
They're so goofy. Please look up a video of weevils flying because it is really funny. <laughs> so I was going to say the the Elytra flight thing. I think what a lot of people would be familiar with that does that is a ladybug. Yeah, ladybugs is a really common example of a beetle that people mm. probably are not grossed out enough by that sure. they probably would have spent some time watching them mm. um, but yeah imagine that how the ladybug raises up the red part and then the other wings come out from underneath yep just like that uh for ingenuity for the giraffe necked weevil i give it a nine out of ten really yes okay this is a very clever weevil <laughs> i had to make up for it somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so for females i mentioned that for males the purpose of their long neck was very straightforward females also have the long neck it's just not as exaggerated now for the females they also have that hinged neck um compared to males it looks pretty stubby but her long neck has a different purpose hmm. so her purpose for her long neck is that she uses it to snip at the leaves of the tree that she's on. Okay. Not to eat it, but she's snipping it along the vein to make little creases in it. Hmm. And once she's made the creases in the leaf, she uses her legs to fold it in half. Uh-huh. So she folds the whole leaf like a like a taco. And then she lays her eggs inside of the creased leaf that she has made. Huh. So once the, the eggs are up in there, then she actually rolls up the leaf, like starts at the tip and uses her little mouth to roll the leaf up. Huh. Yes. She even bites little notches in the leaf that interlock with each other wow. and help the leaf stick together when she rolls it up. Huh. Yeah. So like as it's rolling, it's it's basically self-adhering. That's interesting. Yes. So the leaf sticks together. And then once she's all done, she snips the leaf off of the tree. So yeah. She just chews it off and snips it. And the leaf burrito falls to the ground and sits on the ground until the egg inside hatches. And then the baby weevil eats the leaf and goes on about its business. Sounds good. Yeah. And what I thought was really interesting is that the the male that has like mated with the female weevil, he hangs around on the leaf while she's doing this. Oh. Like he is chilling out on the leaf while she's like building this little nest. It doesn't seem like he's doing anything, mm -hmm. but it's thought that he might be fending off insects that could be trying to come eat the egg. So like little ants and stuff that might be trying to poke their way inside of the leaf before she's rolled it up. Sure. And he's over there like trying to like protect the egg. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I, that's like a very high degree of parental care for, for, for bugs. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> Very cool. And that's just like biomechanic, like engineering. <laughs> How she's, you know, she's manipulating the leaf in these really, really intricate ways. Um, but so like one reason that they are particularly fond of this tree is that the leaves of this tree are soft enough for them mm. to do this. So it's got a nice like soft leaf that they can bundle up. Okay. Yeah. That so nice. and it like it keeps the egg hidden. It keeps the larva fed. It's just very cool. I thought that was really nice. So you can watch all of that stuff on the BBC episode that I mentioned. That's cool. It's very cool. Uh finally for aesthetics, I give them an eight out of ten. 
Okay. They look like alien construction equipment. <laughs> you know, like they, it just, they don't look right. <laughs> <laughs> it, but so I did give it really high scores. I think mostly for the colors though. Because okay. it has that like sleek black look to it. And then that bright red. Huh. It's really beautiful. Have you seen this bug before? I don't know. Hold on. Let me show you a picture real quick. You'll see what I mean. Okay, this is what it looks like. Huh. <laughs> I definitely, the first time I saw it, I saw like a picture of it on Twitter, and I was definitely like, absolutely not. <laughs> this is a disaster of an animal. But it really grew on me. I don't know, man. I, maybe it was an acquired taste. Its body looks like a spicy pepper. It does. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I think they look really beautiful. I, I maybe didn't think that the first time I saw them, but after having watched videos and, and seen a lot of pictures of them now, I, I've come around. <laughs> yeah, All right. They've grown on me. Just the last couple of notes I wanted to make about them. They don't have an evaluated conservation status. They're not thought to be particularly threatened, though. Yes, they are found in a very, very, very like specific part of the world, mm -hmm. but their numbers there seem to be doing okay, I guess. There hasn't been cause for giving them a conservation status. And the last thing I wanted to say is that they don't sting or bite. So they're, What's the benefit? they're totally harmless. They will not bother you. I've seen this about weevils in general and that weevils are not something you need to worry about. Like they, they're herbivores, so they don't have any reason to need to sting or bite you, nor do they, do they even have the parts for it. Yeah. The, their worries usually come from agriculture impacts. Yeah. So their weevils in general are known to be pests, particularly for grain. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're known for getting into grain stocks and, really causing problems there not this one this one's not gonna bother you because they need their special tree <laughs> <laughs> so if you're growing special trees maybe if you're growing that exact particular type of tree <laughs> why <laughs> but probably even then probably not gonna hurt it beyond a couple leaves here and there maybe just don't bother it's not that big a deal <laughs> but that's the giraffe necked weevil well thanks honey it was very interesting of course thank you well, that's all we have for this week. Thank you to everybody who has listened and hung out with us this week. We just appreciate you. You rule. And if you want to come be our friend on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search the title of the show. I promise you will find us. Just look for our little logo. I believe in you. You'll get there. <laughs> if you have an animal species you want to hear us review, you can submit those to us. My email address is Ellen at justthezooofus.com. So feel free to hit me up. Um, oh, I also wanted to mention, if you want to be a guest on our show, like if you want to come talk to us about an animal because you know a lot about it, uh, there is a submission form for 2021 up on our website. Just go to the contact tab on our website and there is a form that you can submit yourself as a guest if you want to come talk to us. Talk to Ellen probably yeah talk to me specifically <laughs> christian doesn't do guest episodes the logistics are difficult yes and he's also a huge diva <laughs> <laughs> he's too expensive i can't get him <laughs> for the guest episodes <laughs> last thing i wanted to say was thank you to louis zong for allowing us to use his song adventuring off of the album b-sides thank you so much we love it yes almost as much as we love our beautiful listeners 
Almost. Almost, but not quite. But you're on that list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>